This is a flow to inspire. Vibe hard. Lift them. This is a moment to inspire. Your soul shine expands. This is a flow to inspire. This is soul astana vibes. Coming at you so smooth. We gonna beat it. Like a jazz jazz We gonna beat it. Like a jazz Hello, hello! Welcome to Solasana Vibes! How is everybody? Hope everybody's doing great. We are here today with Mr. Kenny Ward. Me! Hi, Kenny. Hey. And our lovely guest, Adam. Aloha. Adam Smith. Yes. DJ Phoenix. Fire. Phoenix Fire. DJ Phoenix Fire. Thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure to be here and uh, talk story with you today. Yes. Well, this is a great story, how this even happened. <laughs> so we were just hanging out at the studio one day, and Adam came in, and then we just started cruising, talking about life. And I was like, this guy is very interesting. You're a DJ. You are a poet. Correct. And what else do you do? You had a published, whole well, published, published author. author. Mm -hmm. um, I am a facilitator and healer, and forever student of life, as well as I'd say mastering some aspects of of this life. Um, so yes, there's a lot of things that I'm showing up for, and I'm also a very dedicated spiritual activist. Yes, I remember you sharing that with me, and I remember just saying, you would be someone very interesting to get to know more and learn more about your story. So thank you again for sharing your time, because I know you had a really busy morning today. You can share a little bit about what you did. Sure, yes, uh, this morning was uh, hectic, but it was worth every minute. I, long story short, I went to the Maui County building in Wailuku because at the moment the council is open to public uh, testimonies on a very big court case which at the moment um, is it started in Maui in West Maui in Lahaina with in the injection wells which is basically the Maui County pumping basically raw sewage into underground wells which then seeps into groundwater and into the ocean so it's a really big deal huge deal yeah it's massive and what's happening at the moment is if i understand all the legal uh, processes correctly maui county has a few days to rescind their appeal um so they they do have a small window to make a vote and that's why a lot of us are showing up to remind them of their election promises and also to do the right thing um, environmentally and also financially. Um, so they have a small window in the next few days to hear a testimony and then to um, come to another vote. Last time they voted it was gridlocked and there were four people who voted against um, the Maui County um, taking it to the Supreme Court and there were four people who voted for it going to the Supreme Court so it was gridlocked. Wow. 
Um, so it's a really big issue. It's if it does go to the Supreme Court, it could have national ramifications because it also lines up with the Trump administration's efforts to undermine the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA. Um, so this is all really big stuff. And although at the moment I am a visitor to the Hawaiian Islands, I am very much in love with the natural beauty here and I enjoy um, lots of water sports. Um, and planet um, Earth. Yes. <laughs> just, we just love planet Earth. We want to protect her. <laughs> yes, totally. Totally. So it's really, you know, this is really a crucial time for people to really come forward and speak their truth without fear of repercussion and also share the gift that each one of us has, you know, a unique gift because necessarily what I have to offer is not what maybe you, Amy, might have. And it doesn't make either of us higher or lower than each other. It's just you have a uniqueness in the way that you show up as much as I have as well. So, Amen to that. Yeah. Yes. So that's a little bit of what happened this morning. And well, I will thank you for sharing your time to sure. make a stand and protect our oceans and the environment and put yourself out there because without people like you doing that, and all of us need to be doing that and showing up, you know, all of the great movements of the world wouldn't happen. So it's for people like you. So thank you. And you know, I appreciate that. I'm sure everybody listening appreciates that. But you Thank said there you. were a lot of people there today. Yes. Good. That's great. Yes. In actual fact, I signed up to um, to testify, and I'm number 83. Wow. Great. Yes. Good. Yes. So there's a lot of people who it's, showed up. So did you already, or you have to No. Ahead? They're probably, I'm guessing, um, they re re resumed session at 2.15, which is, I guess, kind of out now. Um, and they might be at maybe number 25 or 30. So it's wow. probably going to be several hours before I get to wow. offer testimony. And I'm just thinking, too, because I just came out of a Reiki yin healing journey about releasing our limiting beliefs and energy blocks and we had a lot of people in the space today going through a lot of deep things, um, cancer and just huge traumas. And it's amazing how you and I were both doing really powerful work because I'm definitely feeling it energetically in my, in my spirit right now. I'm sure you are. And then coming together and then we're here in this podcast in this totally other medium. It's just so funny how many... Yes. different hats you can wear in one day and flow between you know vibrations and movements and but we're all here to help one another and heal one another so yeah it's really cool we're just also connected save the world save the world hashtag yes save the world and save ourselves save ourselves <laughs> well as last time i saw you you were um inviting me to an ecstatic dance party Right? Did that happen? Yes, it did happen. And how was so that? It was absolutely amazing. We had a, a phenomenal turnout. And where was um, this again? This was at the Haiku Cannery. And we just talked about that ecstatic dance. Last. Yeah, with Abria. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So, and yes, so this particular event, which is mainly being spearheaded by Brandy, who is also a, an amazing DJ, um, it's basically once a month. It's um, sober, drug-free events where people can really get to explore and go on an adventure with the music. Um, yeah, and it was it was a great honor to do the opening set, and we had, I think we were at capacity on that evening. We had just over a hundred people. Oh, congratulations! How fun! Yeah, it was great fun, yes. and um, I'm actually in the process of organizing for the next sound space. That's the name of the event. The next sound space is going to be the 28th of September at the same location and it's also going to be a fundraiser for water as just previously previously yes. as we've shared that um yeah water is something that's really being discussed and we really need to stand up for so yeah that's and one that's september 28th yes correct. at the haiku cannery yes at what time uh, so the opening circle starts at six thirty. Cool. Um, the first DJ set normally kicks off at 7 mm -hmm. and then the music um, usually goes to 11 o'clock. Cool. Yes. Cool. yes. I love it. Can you go? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Why not? I'm going to put it in my radar. Although I think that Abria is actually doing a sound ceremony here that night. Oh, but boy. Do you know Abria? I think I've heard the name before. Oh, he's, he's magical too. Maybe. It's not the same night. If it's not the same night, I'm putting it. it yes, I will definitely. We got two. Well, that's what's so great and cool about Maui is that we always have so many incredible events here. So many talented musicians and healers sharing their art. So there's always something really cool to get into. Yes. Yeah, totally. So what's your backstory? My backstory, well, there's quite a lot that I could tell you. Um, Do you know anybody? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe a few insects. <laughs> yeah. Busted. So, to give you a quick summary, um, both my parents are Australian. I was born in Monte Carlo. Oh, wow. And I've Fancy. had a very eccentric um, upbringing. It was due to my stepfather. I lived in Saudi Arabia for the first seven years. And I got to see a lot of the Red Sea, which was maybe a few hundred yards down the road from the compounds where I lived. Wow. So I've always had a very, very deep and strong connection with nature and especially with water. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a great privilege in being able to swim in the Red Sea. Just every as afternoon. a side note, Kaden, you'd be very happy. I have your blue bottle, love water bottle right now, your beautiful glass bottle. So speaking of love of water, sorry to interrupt you. I just need a sip. So I'll just talk <laughs> about okay. water. I'm like, I'm I, thirsty. I might have a sip myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is our water break, everyone. I'm Listeners. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shorten that and edit Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's okay. So, continuing the backstory. So, yes, Saudi Arabia for the first seven years. Um, then my parents separated, and I moved to England with my mum, which was a huge culture shock for me. Um, it took me 
quite a while to adjust to that, particularly coming from such a hot, dry climate as Saudi Arabia and going to a quite miserably cold and wet oh, climate yeah, in England. Oh, yeah, the seasons and yeah. just the grayness and, wow, I bet that was. Yeah, it was a big adjustment. And England in, in winter, you know, it gets dark like at three o'clock in the afternoon. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you're like, womp womp. What do I do? So travel, change, and adaption have been big themes for me, particularly in my younger years. I had to learn how to adapt and make the best out of my situations um, because I'm very blessed with the experiences I've had and they've also been a big challenge, uh, particularly on an emotional level. As a child, it was very hard moving from country to country and sometimes even changing language. So that's skipping forward a little bit. I've also lived in Switzerland thanks to stepdad number two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I had to learn German and Swiss German very quickly because the school I went to was a Swiss school. So I had to learn yeah, both languages. Wow. How old are you? I was 15 at the time. Um, so again, that was a big adjustment, moving away from London and parties and um, all your friends. Yeah, all my friends and moving to um, a small farming village in Switzerland What's, and learning to go ahead. What's the native language in Saudi Arabia? Um, Arabic. So as a child, I also spoke a little bit of Arabic. Um, I don't really recall that much anymore, but I'm sure if I studied it, it would come back pretty quickly because wow. that's a quite strong cultural imprint for seven years yeah. living there. And I just want to add briefly that my experience of living with the Arabs was absolutely amazing. Um, I can't speak for all Arabs and Muslims, but the people that I met there on a day-to-day -day basis were incredibly friendly and they had a nobility of hospitality that they might have next to nothing, but they'd still offer it to you. They'll be like, come, come, come to my house, come sit down, you know, That's make yourself beautiful. comfortable, have tea, yeah. and they'll serve you with such a nobility of spirit. And that really caught my attention of, it's not actually how much we've got, it's how we play our cards that's really important and that's how been we a treat central each other yes totally it's been a central theme for you yes very much so wow all that moving that's wild so do you feel like now in your adulthood you want to keep that gypsy life or is there a side of you that wants to dig roots and just stay you know in one space Right, that's a really great question, Amy. And in this moment, I'm incredibly blessed and happy to have discovered Maui, or maybe Maui discovered me, um, since the first time that I landed on Maui, I've just known that this is the place where I'm supposed to be. And I'm still open to traveling and doing workshops and teaching abroad. Um, with my base being in, uh, in Maui. Mm, yes. So is, is your primary profession now your DJing? Is that number one for you? What? Well, it's kind of like you said before that, you know, I can change my hats. Mm -hmm. So I do love DJing. Um, and yes, it is a very important part of who I am and what I'm offering. 
and bringing to the global collective expression. And just as much as the DJing, um, my writing and poetry is also a very important part. In actual fact, would you maybe like to hear a poem? I would. So let's see if I can find one that kind of speaks about some of the content that I've just shared. I'm sure there's several poems that could do that. And now where is your family now? Are they all around the world? And so, are you an only child? No, uh, that's a good question. So I have um, my brother and sister are in Australia. Um, and I have some cousins over there as well. And my dad is in Australia as well. Um, and I am a middle child. Mm, middle child. Yeah. I love middle child. My, they're all, I feel like you guys get a bad rep, but it's like there's something just so sweet. You always went tender. Have you felt that? I've dated a few middle children. I got a much different opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe here's the time to share it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding, but I am kidding. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. Yeah. Kidding, yeah. not kidding. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. <laughs> What's your no, experience? You seem great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you seem Well, I'm glad I met your, um, <laughs> your stamp of approval. Yes. Yes. But you know, you, you know, you always hear because the oldest, they're the oldest, the youngest gets the baby in the middle. It's like, where do I go? But I always think there's just something so sweet about the middle. Yeah, I think something about middle children, it can work out that you learn how to be quite adaptable being a middle child because mm -hmm. you're never going to be the kid who gets the most attention because that's always, you know, the first child. And then being a middle child also, you know, sometimes by the time your youngest sibling comes along, they're obviously the center of focus. So it's learning how to mediate your own needs and sometimes be the peacemaker in the family, which I certainly did to my detriment. Um, but that's, you know, that was a good learning, so. Yes, and Ooh. it's also um, just listening to you talk too, it's like, oh, it, you have to make sure that the middle child is seen. Right. Right? Like, honor the middle child. Don't make sure that that child gets validated as well, just as the older and younger one yeah. do. Yeah, I would say irrespective of what um, sequence children come into the world, you know, they all deserve a need to feel loved and appreciated and heard. Yes. You know, because if we can give that to ourselves as adults and also to children, whether we're parents or just their aunts and uncles, that makes for a better world altogether. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Do you know, do you know the song I'm singing? No. It's Whitney Houston. Oh. <laughs> What's that, what was that song? We, uh, uh, anyway. But I also just that, to clarify, I don't, I don't hate middle children. <laughs> <laughs> you middle we're, child hater. Yeah, we're totally going to hold you to <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been busted. Right. No, I think it's just also every child and every person uh, has to have accountability. Like, regard, like, I know people who have blamed being a middle child on the way that they are. 
Oh, got it. Oh, I'm like this because Because I'm a middle, middle child, child or I'm the baby. But I think that as an adult to have the accountability of like, okay, like I'm maybe a middle child or an older child or whatever, but to be able to, which you seem like you do, to clarify, like to be able to say like, okay, maybe there's a little play in here of middle child, but I can work on this. And well, it's like, at moment. what age do you let it go? Yeah. Yeah. Like. 18, 20, 30, 40. Yeah. Like, when do we stop blaming our parents for, you know, and our stuff? And our labels. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's, that's all very um, powerful content. I feel like, to the extent that we can assume radical self-responsibility, it's also the amount to which we can find purpose and true enjoyment and bliss in this life you know it's for me i've seen that in my life it's definitely been related um the more i can be authentic the more, means the more i can show up for myself and for others right and that's i mean i think that's just the human evolution i think that's what every person is trying to do for themselves and some people are lucky and they figure it out early and some people it's a process and takes longer and some of us have this is our millionth lifetime on earth some of us are newer souls and learning so it's just all that right on but yes please share a poem okay do you want to give the title of your book and all sure that so my book is called the worlds of adam golden eagle so Adam Golden Eagle is my pen name and this is a compilation of spiritual poetry with different perspectives on the journey of awakening from very peak expanded moments to also dealing with uh, moments of darkness and depression and you know going through whatever the experience was with as much courage and authenticity as possible. Mm, so yeah it's a pleasure to share something with you so for the first one I feel like I'll share a poem of mine called Ancient Futures Mm. that's where it is right now okay the future is never set unless you deem it to be so following your steps on the golden path surfing can help as a metaphor Riding waves beyond this known. Back to that exquisite space where the ancestors await you, as does your future selves dancing the impossible into reality. Mm. I love that. When did you write that? So I wrote Ancient Futures about two and a half years ago and I actually wrote that whilst I was um, on Maui. What does that mean for you? Well there's a lot in this poem. For me it's a reminder and a remembering that the answers that we seek are within us and that knowing it can be said to be something that is very ancient and new at the same time that's been right because ancient because we've done it before been here before 
possibly in other lifetimes, but simultaneously me, because we may not necessarily consciously remember those lifetimes until we start to remember the process and then it's new, but it feels so familiar. That seems to be, um, it's, I love that. And that is such a common theme of this podcast. And I just, I, every time we interview someone, I can't help but um, point that out because so many of the healers and, and everyone that we're interviewing, the one thing they always say when they find their gift is, I didn't learn it, I remembered it. And it just came so naturally and came so easily. And then your poem speaks to that too. And it's just so beautiful how these themes continue to come up. I just love it so much. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're, you're very welcome. So what would you say in your life is, is something that you didn't learn, you remembered? Uh, to be honest with you, there's so many, so many things um, to answer that question. Um, to give you a succinct answer right now, so one thing that was definitely a process of almost like an undoing or an unlearning and more a remembering was when I first studied craniosacral um, therapy, something happened to me like on a very visceral level. The practice of giving and receiving craniosacral literally opened up dimensions of consciousness within me and it was like I was waiting to that moment so when it happened I knew something significant was happening because I felt this unwinding and expanding and opening so there was kind of like I'm not quite sure what this is right now but it, it feels good it feels like it's something that I intrinsically already know so I'm going to trust this and the more I've trusted that dance, the more it's taken me on a very magical um, transformational journey so as a healer and as a human being. As a healer and as a human. I, um, I love that. And for our listeners who don't necessarily know what cranial sacral is, that therapy, can you talk a little bit about that modality? Sure. So cranial sacral, as far as I know, was born out of a... Um, osteopath tradition um, one of the main teachers was Upledger who started to realize that when treating patients in a osteopathic tradition he started to notice that even the bones in the human body move it's like they're breathing and moving the whole time and when a person is in homeostasis or good health the, the natural breath of the body, including um, connective tissue, the fascia, and the bones, is natural. There's no limit or constriction. But what happens is sometimes we have trauma, which could be physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, and that energy can become trapped within us. And craniosacral is very efficient um, at helping us and the body to restore its natural homeostasis because it works on a very, very um, small vibration, but very tangible vibration of brain fluid basically being secreted in the brain and through the body. Wow. And you can also learn to 
open up your sensitivity to actually feel to the level of feeling your whole structure moving, including bones. You can actually feel like they're breathing and just being really present with the person can give you a lot of information because you're holding space for that person for their um, best expression of homeostasis. And it's a beautiful dance because even as the healer, you're not separate from the experience. You're an integral part of the experience. So it's a very nourishing and healing experience for both people. Like and very safe. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten it, but I know a lot of people who, like you, the way that you were sharing about it, have had very powerful moments during cranial sacral. Yeah. Have you had it done, Kenny? That's the first time I've heard of it. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we can organize something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, my sister, actually, when she was pregnant and she was really sick, she got it done and it completely changed her life. And I know a lot of people on Maui who do it and who've yeah. experienced it. It's on my bucket list. It's something, I don't know why I haven't done it yet. I, I would like to. What's So what's it look like? So craniosacral is most often done on a massage table. Um, patient often is lying on their back, so face up, and the craniosacral therapist can apply different holds on the body and feel um, what movement there is in the body, um, because even that can identify um, deeper health issues because all the body is interconnected. For example, just something that I've seen as a uh, repeating pattern is people can come in with a severe migraine, headache, um, issues with their upper back, neck or shoulders. And when I'm holding the, the hips or the pelvis, or even sometimes the knees or the feet, sometimes you can feel that the original block is actually coming from much lower down in the body, but it's actually moving its way up and affecting the neck and the head, because of course the spine is one integral unit and the whole body. So what is happening or has happened to the ankles or the knees or the hip can affect the rest of the body. Oh, that's cool. So you were in Bali and, okay, so wow. Well, we skipped. I need need like a flow chart here. We we, we skipped around a bit, so. Yeah, say everywhere, give us every, list every place you've lived. Okay. Yeah, Um, 15 seconds. 15 seconds. (laughs) Get the clock out. Monte Carlo, (laughs) Saudi Arabia, England, Switzerland, uh, London again for a brief time, Mm -hmm. then Italy for 11 years. Australia for about 11 years um, and a short stint in Bali for two years. Nice. Yep, and And now now I'm here. Wow. I know, right? Wow, and really different. And you're not supposed to ask this, how old are you? <laughs> you know, you look young for all those yeah, years. Yeah, I, yes, I, I do look quite young. I'm definitely meditation and yoga and doing a lot of cleansing as health. Um, so, just recently in July, I turned 44. Oh, I do not feel 44. Happy birthday, you don't Thank look you. 44. No, yes, yeah. But I'm enjoying it. I, you know, they say that 44 is a master number. So, whatever that means, oh. I'm enjoying this experience. That's so cool. I really like being in my 40s. Yeah, me too. 
Sorry. You're not in your 30s. <laughs> you will be. You're yeah. a baby. <laughs> you just 25, 26. 26. Six. Yes. A wise, a wise 26. I don't, I don't even care anymore about age. It's just blah, 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 blah. It doesn't even mean anything. I know I'm dating an 80-year-old. <laughs> How's that going for you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it's happened before. Yeah. No judgment here. Yeah, I'm here. sure it has happened before. <laughs> Don't worry, well, you can tell us about it. Yeah. yeah. You're in a safe, sacred space here. <laughs> and then, okay, so tell us a little bit about your DJing. What kind of music are you sharing with the world? How'd you get into music? How'd you find that you wanted to become a DJ? What's, what's that ride been like for you? Okay, so let me unpack that for you. Um, oh, I like that expression. When I let me unpack was, that for you. I'm going to take when that. When I was about... 14 and a half, I kind of had a rebellion, not just against uh, my parents, but against my own shyness um, and feeling awkward in this body. Um, I knew there was something inside me that wanted to express itself, but I didn't quite know what that was. And I found that outlet with dance. Mm -hmm. So I started off I did a community-sponsored course in Switzerland, which was in breakdance, hip-hop, folk, freestyle. Gosh, you would probably love Kenny's class, Rhythm and Flow. It's yoga, dance, plyometrics, strength training. Yeah, totally. Oh, it's so much fun. Twerking, yeah. (laughs) Moving the kundalini around. I don't think I've seen a yoga teacher twerk in their class yet. Oh, well, I'm open open to witnessing that. (laughs) So, dance definitely opened me up and helped me move through my own inhibitions and shyness um, and feeling awkward in my body. And as a teenager, I happened to be living in London um, for some, well, some of my teenage years, I was in London. And that was probably, as much as big cities are very stressful and there's a lot going on, The musical scene back in the 90s was absolutely amazing. So I really was exposed to so much creativity in musical format. And that really inspired me. Um, The 90s was kind of when the best of UK garage um, started. And there was a lot of (laughs) underground music. Spice Girls too. (laughs) Um, There was a lot of really great jungle and drum and bass coming out of the UK as well as R&B and soul, acid jazz, Um, yeah there was a a very very rich creative scene um, in London so that really inspired me A to be a great dancer and B to share my musical delight and passion in a DJ format. And did that come easily for you? And do you play with the songs? Do you mix them? So, sure. So, I play lots of different styles. I would say if I have a style, it's eclectic. Mm. Um, So I like to mix, um, yeah, many different styles. I'm in a if I could say I have a typical DJ set, unless I'm specifically asked to play only one or a few specific types of music, I could range anywhere from um, 
Deep House to um, UK Garage to Dubstep, maybe a bit of dancehall reggae, um, some trance and drum and bass. Then again, you know, I also love down tempo music, so I've also played like lounge ambient bass sets. You love my down tempo lounge, yes. Yeah. So it's really whatever takes my fancy and, you know, what the particular event is that I'm DJing at and where the crowd is at because being a DJ is like being a wizard. You're casting spells, but you're very aware of, well, at least I strive to be very aware of where the crowd is at energetically. And it's so it's like a, it's medium that I'm communicating with the crowd through my presence and the music and the crowd is responding back to me with their presence and energy and enjoyment mm. so we go in this beautiful magical ride and I don't know where it goes it just goes somewhere that's a cool way to describe it yeah so and Kenny's a musician awesome and I was just thinking that'd be fun to hear you play around with Kenny's music oh my yeah that would be interesting yeah it would be fun yeah, that'd be fun yeah because yours is kind of folksy and but you said you're trying to weave some new and different sounds into your songs it's like folk with synthesizers folk interesting with, oh, yeah. I, I feel like I need to hear your music alright <laughs> you just won the Hawaii songwriting contest they wow did. congratulations <laughs> thank you it's very cool very very cool that's cool yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're downplaying it, but it's like it's really cool. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Very cool. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. So what's what do you have now going on on Maui? Like, do you see yourself staying here and just continuing to DJ or write, or are you gonna travel? So yes, um, to staying here and DJing. Um, at the moment, I, apart from the water fundraiser that I mentioned towards the start of the podcast, um, I'm also working on a tree planting party um, in response to what's happening happening in the Amazon. Mm. Um, because that touched me very deeply and I felt a lot of anger and despair and frustration. And then I just really tuned in with my spirit and the divine and, you know, asked myself, how can I show up on Maui and how can I support, you know, something that's happening on the other side of the world that is affecting so many people energetically. So planting trees feels really good. You know, it's providing new um, fresh air for future generations. And it's also a way where community can come together and we can ground in with the Aina even more. So that's in the, the pipeline. Um, oh, I definitely want to know about that. That's yeah. beautiful. And I love the way the inspiration for that and your intention with that and the vibration of that. Um, I love your love for the world, really, the planet. Yeah, it's really, yeah. It's really great. It's inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. And just briefly, I also am organizing a Art of Love play shop, which will probably be in the next um, one to two months. I haven't yet set the, the dates, but I already have the content. And that will be exploring how can we 
get clear on what our divine calling is and really show up to that in the way that we're giving ourselves empowerment um, and bliss and joy and we're also bringing our gifts to the table and um, sharing that with other people because that's really valuable you know if we have a great gift but we're too scared to share it I get it I've been through that myself but like it's when we really put ourselves out there and maybe a slightly vulnerable position to really share what is living and breathing inside of us again that is a game changer mm. so there will be a play shop and I'll definitely um, yeah I'll keep you posted on the details as they roll out thanks Adam and if any of our listeners want to find you on social media or learn more about you uh, please share how they can do that sure so the best way to find me at the moment is on Facebook. Um, a lot of people ask me if I have Instagram. I haven't yet got around to um, yeah, activating anything. I try and limit my online activities um, to keep my <laughs> some level of sanity. So on Facebook, I'm pretty easy to find. If you go to the Facebook search bar and type in Adam Golden Eagle, all together with no spaces you'll find me immediately and that's a pretty good way to follow me and see what I'm up to in the world I do have a website being built um, at the moment it's not live um, yeah so that will be adamgoldeneagle.com cool yeah good luck with that thank you yeah thank you so for now Facebook is a, a good way to follow and, and interact also, um, the poetry book is on Amazon, so if any of you love that poem, um, you can type in The Worlds of Adam Golden Eagle on Amazon, um, and it's available as paperback and also as ebook. Congratulations on the book. Thank you. Very it's cool. in inspired me even more to continue writing. In actual fact, I'm also working on a second book project, which is going to be uh, galactic sci-fi with a spiritual twist. Ooh, cool. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. This is Solasana Vibes, and we are, this is probably our ninth episode, and we're really grateful that you're a part of it, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Kenny, and we will see you on the next one. Well, Peace thank you for having love. me, and thank you to all the listeners for um, yeah joining in. Thank you, everybody. Aloha. Aloha.